listening to TJ Talks. This is episode 10 for TJ Docs. We're going to get right into it. I am the Snips and Snails and Puppy Dog Tails. I'm Judd, and uh, with me here is uh, Sugar and Spice and Everything Nice. Am I Sugar and Spice? Ooh, that makes me feel good. No one's called me anything nice all day. <laughs> hey, Teresa, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I am good. I, I've been working on that intro all day. <laughs> I like that. That's good. It's clever. It's catchy. It's appropriate. I mean, nothing is more sugar and spicy than myself. And yeah. But I don't know about the snakes and snails part for you. That's very oh. flattering to boys. I'm sure that they don't allow that to be said in schools anymore. Really? I, yeah, I, I'm going to have to look that up, the origin yeah. of the snips and snails. <laughs> and dang those puppy dog tails. Those tails. Hmm. Uh, I will get that later. So what's been going on, my friend? Oh, man. There's so much to talk about, isn't there? There I, is. I, there's, yeah, go ahead. Um, I was just going to ask you how you are today. I'm doing pretty good today. Doing pretty good today? Yeah. Well, you know, we have, obviously we have the big elephant in the room is to talk about the Arizona thing. Right. But I want to talk about something else first, just because it's a little lighter and then we can sort of dive into the muck okay. afterwards. But, uh, so you said you're doing well today. Mm-hmm. How, how were you yesterday? Yesterday? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, Monday was really my bad day. I think I, I, I had a really bad Monday, but Tuesday seemed like it was okay. Better day. Better day. And, uh, yeah. What about um, seven days ago? How was your day? Could you remember it? Hmm. Seven days ago. Oh, I was donating blood seven days ago. You donated blood. Okay, so that's pretty good recollection. What, I right? would yeah. I would stumble on what I did last week today. I, I That would be hard for me to come up with. I'd have to look at my calendar or something to get a general indication. Well, the reason I'm asking you all this stuff is because I saw an interesting snippet on 60 Minutes about Mary Lou Henner. And she has this disorder called semi-autobiographical disorder. Wow. And it's ha- having to do with having absolute crystal clear memory of every single day of your life. That you remember where you were on June 5th of 1982. You remember what you had for lunch. You remember what shirt you wore. You remember what your parents told you. You remember every single thing. Is that really possible? I, you, you know, know <laughs> I'm having a hard time with this one that, that you can go, someone just plops out a date and it's like you can be the Google calendar in your head of, oh yeah, well, we had mashed potatoes and gravy and, uh, you know, you made these giblets and they sucked. <laughs> I just, I just don't see it. How is six, that really possible? Six people in the world yeah. are reported to have this syndrome or disorder and Mary Lou Henner, the actress uh, from Fame and Fortune of Taxi, that old show, uh, is one of the people with this disorder. And so she happens to be friends with Leslie Stahl, the gal on 60 Minutes who did the piece. Mm-hmm. And when Leslie Stahl was approached to do a story about this syndrome, um, she said, well, well, I know somebody like that. And the producer said, no, there's only five people in the world that have this. And she said, no, my friend Mary Lou has this, and we should have her on the segment. So it's sort of built around that, that she knew the sixth person who had this disorder. 
And so they, they interview these six people and randomly ask them dates, um, important dates, but other unimportant dates too. And the fact that they were actually able to give in great detail every single thing that happened on those dates, it, it was really remarkable, really, really strange. Okay, so I I did a little bit of looking about this thing. Yes. Uh, just a very little bit. But the one thing I got was it's a disorder. Correct. Why, why is it a disorder? Oh, that's interesting. Well, I would consider it a disorder or an affliction. <laughs> I, got a I would I would uh, definitely consider it a disorder or an affliction because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have this. I wouldn't want to remember certain aspects or certain things or every single day. There's a lot of stuff I'd like to just forget. Well, yeah, I think that that's part of what we're able or should be able to forget things that we want to forget, I suppose. Because um, it does suck to have a really awesome memory of thing, of events. Yes. And things. But And there are people that you can give them a date and they can tell you what day of the week it was. They're, you know, yeah. sort of that Rain Man thing where you could just mention a day and he would know what it's, was going on that day. But this was was just quite remarkable, the detail in which they were able to describe things. See, I heard so, it's related to post-traumatic stress syndrome or something like that. Well, there's an, an element in your brain that is enlarged in these six people. Mm-hmm. And it also has uh, enlargement in people that have OCD. So if you are obsessed and compulsively doing something, this particular part of your brain is, is generally larger than the normal person's brain. So, and these people have an even larger version of this little area. So they have a feeling it has something to do with that, that you can hyper-focus so succinctly in, in order to remember all these details. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was fascinating. And the fact that there are only six people, that's pretty cool. Do they, is that six people they know of, or why do they say it's only six people? Apparently six people have only ever been diagnosed with it. Now, I'm curious after the show... Of course, people are going to probably come out of the woodwork saying, I've got this, I do this, or my, you know, my cousin's got this. So there might be those people who will report themselves now, but, uh, it was, so let me ask you these, they're on the website for 60 minutes. They had a couple questions. Okay. So, um, to see if you might have this disorder. Okay. And, and random dates in history where things happened that we all know about. Would we get them? And and side note, every single one of the people on the show got all these dates. Uh, December 21st, 1988. Do you know what happened that day? December 21st, 1988. Hmm. No. Okay, that was the Lockerbie, Scotland uh, bombing in the plane. Wow. Big day, big news day, right? I mean, we were younger, but still. No, well, I mean, I was pretty, that was 18, 19, 19 years old. Yeah, we're at school and, you know. no, No reason to shouldn't know that. And in the news for a long time with the trial and all of that of those people. So, okay, how about a little closer in time? September 8th, 1998. September 8th, 1998. It was all consuming for Nin- the country. 98. Uh, maybe something with, uh, let's see, was that Clinton um, getting impeached? No, or- it's not political. It had to do with uh, Mark McGuire hitting his home run that that broke the record so and and that was a big pivotal moment in september of that year you know a lot of people paid attention to that now of course come to find out he's been debunked as a giant steroid user but on that date it was pretty important Mm -hmm. 
All right. I have two more quickly. We'll get Great. through them. January 28th of 1986. 1986, January 28th. Mm, wow. And maybe I'll, I'll give you a clue. Okay. <laughs> Third period. Third period. Is when we heard. Oh, really? Yes. Was it really that? Was it? Oh, uh, uh, you see, I already gave it away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Night was that 1986? What? That's what the Ch- Challenger explosion. Correct. Your disaster. Yes. I. You know. I. For some reason, I. That doesn't sound right to me. Oh, really? Because I was in Mr. Uh, Nauman's. Uh, me too. We, I was there in his um, chemistry, chemistry right? class. And uh, that was junior year. Was that, were we juniors? Yes. yes. See, I thought I was a senior. Isn't that funny? I, that's right. We had that class together. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I'll, and the last I'll one. I'll dock you 30. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll dock you 30. <laughs> Good old Mr. Nauman. Um, October 14th of 1987. October 14th of 1987. Wow. So we would have already graduated by then. Yes. No, what do we, yeah, because yeah. June went 87. So yep. let's see. Um, October 14th. Let's see. Uh, president was still Reagan at the time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Things like Iran-Contra were going on. Um, man, that's a tough one. It, here's the deal. If you didn't have this disorder... You wouldn't remember this date, no. but that is the day, and we all knew it at that time, that baby Jessica fell in the well. Really? Which was, you know, a, a, another all-consuming news story for about 48 hours until they hauled her butt out of the well. But, but you know, maybe so, Maybe there's more to this, though, than, what, than that. Maybe the people who have this disorder are already calendar-centric. Okay. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I'm not a calendar-centric person. I don't attach, the way my brain works, I don't attach uh, dates to big events. Other than, okay. Like, okay. other than the big events that have happened in our adult lifetime, which is September 11th. Right. Duh, right? And yeah, then every, exactly. And everybody knows uh, uh, December 7th, 1941. Of 1941. Yeah, right. sure. Right. Um other than that, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know when holidays are. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, because we kind of pound those dates into our head. But they people th- must do that. They must attach the a tagging of a date to an event. That's how they have to do it. But then the interesting thing is when they did ask them these dates and they were able to recall on the spot without hesitation, mind you, that, oh, that's the day baby Jessica fell in a well, that, and I was wearing blue dungarees and I was 14 or whatever, which, yes, they could be making up, um, but there are some ways of proving those things, and and they were able to demonstrate that. So it's just, it's just interesting. Well, you know, I have to have the scientific skeptic thing going on. Yes, and I'm glad you're here. We can't just believe everything we hear, right? Right, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm sure. Well, I guess, you know, moving on, we should talk about the recent date of Saturday, January 8th, and our trauma in Arizona. That was in. Well, I have a little bit on that. So, uh, Arizona Representative uh, Gabrielle Giffords 
And do you know that she graduated from Scripps College in Claremont? I just read that, and I was fascinated by that. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, killed in front of a grocery store, and then there were at least 10 other people injured. And then, I, I'm real, I mean, unbelievable. Federal judge and a nine-year-old girl and four other people. Uh, and then we have the shooter, 22 years old. And there's a couple things I really want to um, talk about, about this thing. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a number of things. First off is the shooter himself. And I, I've had this debate with a number of people already, is they go, oh, he's going to get off. Because they'll just say he's what? insane. Oh. He's insane. So he gets mm-hmm. off. I'm like, not on my watch. Right, right. I, I said, you know who's insane? Insane is the guy who randomly shoots up a random place. There is no reason for it. It just happens. You know why? He ate a bad steak. He went to the store then shot up the store. Right. That's insane. Going and, and purchasing a gun for the expressed intent of doing this, Mm -hmm. knowing who your congressman is, knowing where your congressman will be, all of these have a lot of intent mm-hmm. and are not premeditation the, of premeditation yep. and do not have the signs of a insane person. Now they may have other disorders, but they do not um, take you away from your cognitive ability of knowing right and wrong. Right. That's, that's the key. Did he know right from wrong? Absolutely. Because every step of the way, and you look at his internet stuff, he knew that he had planned on, doing harm to individuals. Mm-hmm. Simple. And, I, and, I, and the more I hear anybody say that this guy isn't uh, culpable. Yeah. I mean, we could say he's nuts. I mean, because that's not in our social norms to kill people. Yes. But he, he knew. <laughs> he knew. Yes. Yeah. It, it was cold blooded premeditated murder and attempted murder. So, yeah, well, he definitely yeah, knew. Yeah. And and I here's where I go a little bit extremist and and I find in my anger I want to hold his family culpable because what happens to someone in your home to become this way or whatever they the parents of this kid issued some sort of apology. Right. And I guess that's what they're supposed to do. But frankly, I want to know what the hell they were doing for for the time oh, that he was picking this up you know at 22 years old you know that i think i think if it was 16 years old i'd agree with you i i disagree though they lived really? in the same house he Did? still lived with his parents really yes still even yes to- yes and and here's an interesting thing it was it, and apropos of nothing but the the neighbor of this family has been bringing their mail to the house for the last few days since all this media attention, their home is essentially a crime scene, you know, all of this stuff has happened. The neighbor was interviewed, and this is from someone on the Huffington Post, so take it with a grain of salt or not, saying, you know, they've always been nice enough neighbors. I've lived here since 1972 with them, although I never knew their last name. And I thought, really? You live somewhere for over 30-plus years, and you don't know your neighbor's last name. To me, that indicates that these people were maybe standoffish, not communicative, quiet, which are sometimes really good good qualities to have in a neighbor. But 
if, if that's how they were outwardly to their community, what were they like internally to each other? I don't know. I've just grappled with that, wanting to blame lots of people for this guy. And, and I know that that doesn't solve anything, but I'd like to start in the home with his parents and just shake them. Well, yeah. yeah well, and, and the, hey, you know, that's, that's good. Um, I, and, oh, and I, they had received a letter from his junior college that oh, he went to. Right. I heard about that. that yes. You know, that you can't come back until you get a psychiatric evaluation. And and I, I get it. He's an adult. So in theory, he's not their responsibility and they don't have control over him. But still, there but, had to be something they knew. But, but, you know, here's the thing. And this is my only real, I mean, parents, when they're, when you're, molding those kids you have a lot that you can do mm-hmm. but as i remember being a teenager and i look at my brothers right now and i go you know my mom can't do anything to get my brothers to do anything it doesn't <laughs> matter they, they, you know she could stand on her head till her ears are turning red just like cal worthington <laughs> and his dog spot and it won't right. matter it won't matter <laughs> well here's my answer to that in that, that I, I get it. You know, you, you, you do lose some impact. But Ted Kaczynski's brother saw it and turned him in. And, and I think they had to see things that maybe they didn't want to see. But they, they have some responsibility. And I know we're not guilty of our relatives, you know, crimes. And I guess I'm grateful for that because Lord knows most of my ancestors have been kicked out of every decent country. But right. But if if somebody well anyway I, I could beat that topic well no but I mean you have you have excellent points and uh, I just feel like I just want to ask them and, and I get it they're sad and they're crying and they're so, they couldn't understand how their little boy could do this and it's such a tragedy and, and I just don't buy it for a minute but it, right did they really they probably really knew he was a troublemaker but you exactly know, but you know what people they um, they go in their their little room in their house you know let's say he has yeah. a room in the house he goes in shuts the door and he, he comes out to eat doesn't communicate with them mm-hmm. and uh he's on the internet making videos of you know the end of the world so, so uh so they don't have a lot of control over what they don't see him doing but wouldn't you notice that your kid had become sullen or withdrawn i don't know i, I you know i i don't know and that's what's really really crazy is it i that's the part that lets me be i think a relatively decent juror is because i am willing to listen to the right. all all sides all the sides all the sides you're right i'm making snap judgments mm-hmm. just because i like i said i want to be angry at somebody i want i want to blame somebody for this because Bl- i don't want to comprehend i blame him because that's what i want to say is that he is culpable as an adult for his actions I agree. I agree. I agree. But I want to blame some more people. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. I, and, and what I've liked and learned from this incident and all the media transpirings that have gone on about it's your fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. It's our fault. You're, you are absolutely right. He is the person to blame. It's not anybody else's actions. No one else is doing. No one else's promptings that caused this. I mean, imagine. But it's hard to accept that. I mean, if he was raised where his parents beat him every day, or I mean, there was these 
exterior influences that you could, you know, make the parents culpable through the way that they raise the kid, mm-hmm. then I think that you have a much more of a case. I don't actually know that, but I'm that you somebody know. somebody does. Somebody's got to know. Well, they have to know. Uh-huh. So I guess we'll see if they ever admit to it. So I think that that I I'm trying to evolve about this whole situation and and of course the thing that I liked um kind of jumping around a little bit I it was someone's tweet and I don't remember whom's off the top of my head that said, "Well, this whole thing isn't Sarah Palin's fault, but if I were her, I might feel a little bit bad right now." And I thought that's actually pretty accurate. No, she didn't cause this guy to go shoot anybody. Yeah, she made a kind of goofy map with some gun sights on it, but it's still not her fault. So oh. she's, you know, she's being blamed, and as are lots of people. And I don't necessarily think that's the direction that the debate should go in. Oh, but you know what? I read something about that, and the biggest here's the, really the biggest thing about the whole Sarah Palin thing is this is a person who just doesn't get it. And I and no, not at all. And having read it, what I, what I read really made me feel that that's the case. Instead of just saying, you know what, whatever ha- whatever I wrote in the past, let, let's not even we don't need to talk about that. What we need to talk about is the tone. And I agree that the rhetoric needs to be lowered. No, that's not what she said. She said mm-hmm. it's the media's fault. And then she used this term that has really taken. This is really going to hurt a lot. Uh, heard a, a lot. She used okay. the term blood libel. Yes. Are Are you familiar with that term? Oh yes. That, yeah, that comes, well, that she used it. I don't know what what the where the what the term means exactly behind it. Is. Behind it? Right. Well, back in uh, I don't know the 1600s and and in Europe, Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. they used there was a, a a story said that went around. That the Jews bake the uh, their matzah for Passover with the blood of Christian babies. Okay. And this is not. It was a total fabricated lie. They right. would, they would say that watch out for the Jews because the Jews will kidnap your kids and make uh, their uh, and make matzah out of it. And, and so, we all know they make the matzah out of the Jew, the blood of Muslims. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Sorry. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so what would you choose the lie that you want to, right. you know, believe, and and so that was that was actually called the blood libel. That's where it comes from. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. So is that her anti-Semitic attack as well? well I mean, what? Well, and she doesn't know anything. She's not smart enough to know what that means. Well, I wonder that, except for the fact that the congresswoman is Jewish. Oh. So, I mean, these things just don't pass people by where they go, let it go. They go, wait a minute, hold There's the phone. What yeah. the hell are you talking about, Miss Palin? And saying that. So, um, I mean. I, I almost am really to give her a pass. I don't think she's, I just don't think she's savvy enough to know. Maybe somebody on her staff is and fed her the line, but I truly don't think uh, she is. I, I don't know how that whole deal works, the whole um, what do they call it? The Sir Palin infrastructure of oh yeah, whatever of, her of team. how her media team or whatever works. Right. Um, 
I don't, I don't want to be involved in some sort of libel or slander. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what, what's, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. in her deal. But, her uh, anti-media media team that she has, yes. Right. So, <laughs> you know, she is a public figure. Very much so. And on your, uh, and, and, and this also made me think of our, our probably inappropriately timed Deadpool list from a couple weeks ago. I thought, oh, shoot. Well, I've, I I could, well. <laughs> we might have blood on our hands anyway. Oh, my God. Because yeah. <laughs> we wished their death. No, we just wanted the points. <laughs> we just wanted the points. I, so, I better, well, I, I've taken, know, I've taken down the, the death pool. Celebrity death. No, it ain't happening. <laughs> I, yes, we don't I, want to be blamed because now we'll bad. see that. I take it back. I'm, in fact, in fact, I'm going to do just like uh, what's his name on CNBC, uh, MSNBC, Keith Olbermann. Keith, Keith Olbermann. I'm going to make him. Oh apologize. yes. Okay, but like to lower the rhetoric right now. Um, you know, everybody, let's just kind of keep it, keep it cool. Let's, no more worst persons. Any of his segments, he's right. he's really changed. Yeah. Let's, and and you know what? I appreciate that. I, you know, apparently, um, his counterpart. On MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, who's oh, yeah. their in-house uh, conservative, called out Glenn Beck and said, you know, Glenn's kind of over the top and needs to tone it down. And so now apparently Beck and Scarborough are oh, feuding yes, over this. Yes, I saw but, that. Yes. But, so, you know, it, it's going to be – the thing that bothers me about this now is that, like I said, I wanted to blame lots of people and I, I probably still will. But I, I do understand that that's not appropriate and that anger needs to go somewhere else. And – and all of this is a distraction about what really happened and what really is wrong. And, and this general, and maybe because I'm old, I'm going to use this term, lack of civility that we have in any life day to day, let alone with public figures at public meetings at, you know, it, it's indicative of the fact that Dick Cheney can say, go fuck yourself to Patrick Leahy on the floor of the Senate. And, and that's okay. And that's not just deemed the crassest, most rude. Like there's no shame anymore for being rude or classless. And I don't understand that. Yeah. I, and I, and I see it, that? I see it at work though, too. I mean, it, the guys at my office, it's a typical day is the guy, one guy comes down the hall, opens up my office door and there's two of us in there and one mm-hmm. will stick his middle finger out at, uh, at one, <laughs> at one of us and go, Okay, guys, have a nice day. Oh, oh come Mel- on. Melvin, F you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like to me like kids kids don't respect teachers or or whatever. And, and we just have no respect for almost anyone anymore. So the fact that we're all so desensitized to this negative, nasty stuff, I think does create troubled people and people that will act out badly. I don't know. Am I just being a girl about that? I just feel like we've yeah, all been yep, exposed you're to being, negative. You're being a girl. No. <laughs> all right. I'm going to stop being a girl no, then. No, no. <laughs> and try to be smart. Oh, okay. <laughs> Although that's going to take a while. Oh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like if we were all just a little bit nicer and a little bit Rodney King, as far as can we all just get along? Would we not have this issue? Yeah, I think that would. You just have to, under, I guess the, the thing, this is really where, getting, forget about the media people and the political right. people and stuff, and getting back to this guy. What makes a person sit at their house and go, 
you know, if I just kill somebody important today, my life will be better or the world will be better. I, I am doing some some greater good in my mind, or I'm going to get the attention I don't deserve, or whatever it is. Whatever that, it is. That, I mean, what is it? That's the psyche that we don't understand, is what takes a person from go do your job every day and you know, and be involved in family and, and have a, try to get a girlfriend and all these kind of things that, or, or if in case your case, you know, whoever's case, it could be, you know, that guy might maybe whatever, <laughs> you know, needed a boyfriend. Right. right actually, right. He, actually what he needed was a friend or a yes. group of friends and not be isolated. And anyway, so yeah. we're, it's we're, pathetic. We're it's sad. You know, and, and, and the, the death of the nine-year-old girl is, it's tragic. And, and her birth date was 9-11. Did you know that? I did. That, that was... I mean, wow. What, if, if that doesn't make people pause long enough to think and, and try to realize that we need to reason with one another and, and work with one another, if, if her death doesn't translate into that change for people, then it's, it's truly sad. Oh, sad. one last thing that we didn't uh-huh. even talk about on this whole thing is about the nine-year-old girl. Did you hear about that church that sent its members oh, to go protest? Oh, Baptist bastards. Yes. <sighs> you know, <laughs> I don't even know what you can say about it other than, I mean, thank God that there's a, a counterculture movement that's out there that will show up wherever those people show up just to block Right. Them. Right. And that's the interesting thing. You know, we, in the vigilante mode that I was in earlier, I thought, yeah, yeah, let those people go over there and do that because I bet some other gun-toting citizen of Arizona is going to, you know, put an answer or a stop to all that. But that's not right either. Um, and it sounds like their Supreme Court and their governor already passed an ordinance that's going to not allow them to protest at the funeral. Oh, they already stopped that. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think he signed it last night, I believe. So, but I, now it's going to be an ACLU issue with First Amendment rights, etc. So, uh, you know. I think, though, that uh, it there is no First Amendment right, really. I think that you can be denied a, you know, it, a single person can protest, but as soon as you gather as a group, of, don't you have to get a permit? Yeah, you know what? Hold, hold on, you're breaking I think up. you're right. I've not been able to garner the permit. Let's try that again. Yeah, go ahead. I think until now, they had been able to garner a permit. Um, and now they're they're changing that statute or whatever to make it not accessible uh, or allowable, specifically at cemeteries or funeral homes, is what I think it reads. Well, well, I mean, I don't see where a cemetery is a public place, anyways. It's not a forum for for that. And right, but is a quad at, at Claremont College a pub? You know what I mean? Like that's it, private property. But it. But In, so is unless, a funeral home, right? I mean, yes, and I think that they can that the funeral home has the right to say that you you are not allowed to protest, and it's just like you know what stops them from putting up a uh, a a uh, a bar next to a church or a strip right. club next to a church, right? You know, where's the First Amendment protecting the rights of strippers and <laughs> and their ability to earn money having you know, because after yeah. I'm done with church on Sunday, I need to go get a beer and see some boobs. I mean, 
<laughs> it's the natural progression of Sunday morning. I agree. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I'm confused on why they should allow these people to protest. And know, please don't strategy. get me wrong. I don't think they should. I, what I think is to have a discussion about is the fact that anybody thinks that it's okay to do that, that regardless of what your right is, that the fact that you're twisted enough to go to someone's funeral and make this ruckus is disgraceful and shameful, and and they should be aware of that. Yeah. And I guess they're told that, obviously, ad nauseum, but, and it doesn't stop them, so they're not going to change. You know, I just want someone to wag their finger and go, shame on you, Westboro Baptist people, and for them to respond to. All right. Well, I guess there's a transition right there. I I guess we have, I hope we have at least, what, seven listeners? Yes, at least, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yes, the Verizon iPhone, we all were very excited about that. I know it's hard to transition from a topic such as dire ones, but to something frivolous. But for my own sanity, I need to talk about how excited that I am. Yes, and um, so, <laughs> as you appropriately said, Steve Jobs has brought ice water to us folks in hell. Yes. I love that. That was awesome. <laughs> we definitely are, are thirsty down here and we need the uh, refreshments. I just don't, I, you know, the thing is, is that the CEO of Verizon really was very disparaging in the beginning to Steve Jobs. They, did, they, they were the first people to be offered the iPhone. And they, mm-hmm. they turned it down. They said, no, we don't want it. They, we don't, we're not going to agree to your terms. Right. So then they didn't get it. And so they Apple snubbed them. I, they really did. Mm-hmm. They could, that phone could have showed up two years ago. Oh, yeah. But there yeah, was, they didn't have to sign the five years or whatever it was with AT&T. Well, right. The exclusivity. Because yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, I, I would probably be a Verizon customer today. If, the, if there was an iPhone on Verizon when it first right. started, I would have said, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> now, so it, that's a big deal that it's going to be on there. Now, I've heard some stories, and I don't know if you've heard these stories, but uh, they claim that the network's actually slower, their 3G network. What do you Whatever. think about that? Huh? I, I've been hearing this is that once we do get the iPhone at Verizon, the network's going to blow up anyway because of all the users. And we only have it so good now because we don't have all the iPhone users on the network downloading all the data that's going to slow everything down. Yeah, what do you think um, about that? I think, I think maybe in lesser populated areas mm-hmm. that, that might happen. I have no technical background to make any of these claims. I just know what I want to believe. So that's what I say over and over again, and I hope it's true. So I hope that here in L.A., where we have such amazing Verizon service and coverage, um, and I don't want to sound like a commercial for them, but it is really good. Yeah, exactly. Can you hear me now? Um, I I can't. Say it again. Say it again. We're going to do it right. Say it again. Oh, okay. I think I think they're going to do it, and I think they're going to do it right. Because I don't think they would make the move if they didn't feel their system was compatible or or capable. Because they know it's going to be a bajillion more people coming online with that. Well, you know, I, I, Apple, their bigger thing is China. I, I don't know okay. if you, you know about this. No. But there's a large CDMA cell phone business in China. Okay. Un- completely untapped. Makes sense. And if they can sell these cell phones in China, 
well, you figure, what, how many billion people? Three, four billion people in China? Well, take 1% of that market. Yeah. 1%. You know, if you can get that, how about half a percent? Yeah, I'll take that for listenership. Right. I mean, you're you're talking, (laughs) it's just so many people on the planet. Yeah. In that... Because you figure it this way. They figured AT&T is selling 14 million iPhones this year. And so if that they figured that's around what Verizon probably will do this year. Right. Imagine if you could do that in China. <laughs> so that's why I had yeah. to buy that Apple stock. I bought one more share. Oh, good for you. One, All right. One share. That was it. One more share. So, so I have two apples. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough for a pie, but you're doing all right. Yes. yes. <laughs> Good for you. Well, it was a smart move. I, I think it's going to go well. Whatever hiccups there might be, we will easily forget because we're all going to be so happy playing with our little phones and putting our little iPod music on and our Nike Plus workouts right there on our shoulder. I just, I can't wait. I'm super excited. You know, I think the nice part is the form factor because everyone's, there's that, we have a mutual friend yes. who has been on the fence and I'm talking to you, and you know who I'm talking to. I know who you're talking about. I got her never. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the, the droid phones, the good ones, like the Evo, are large, right. large format phones. They're, mm-hmm. they're big. And I think that from a workout standpoint, they're almost too big to work out with. Gotcha. I mean, you look at this on my arm here. I mean, that fits. Right. You add more weight and make right. it bigger. It's a pain in the butt i'll tell you yeah. i tried with my older 3g fo- 3gs phone okay. with that form factor and i didn't like working out with the phone that's why i worked out with my ipod nano for a long long time right just because it's smaller or less yeah bulky. Yeah. Hmm. yeah the droid yes they have apps for the droid and yes the apps are coming out every day but the apps for the iphone are there already they're proven they work they're easy i just i just think Anybody given the two choices on both networks would go with the iPhone. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but they already had a virus on the Droid network. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Okay. Indeed they have. And they there was a security. I'll try to post it somewhere. But the uh, security experts believe that Droid is prime to get hit on its network with uh, additional uh, malware. And it, hasn't that happened to BlackBerry too? Um, they've shut down BlackBerry before because like, of some sort like of one, viral attack. Not, not really. Uh, okay. BlackBerry had some other different issues where they had bugs. internal issues. It, yeah, they did. It was it was bug software, buggy ah, software, but not okay, so not external attacks, as far as were, I know. Hacktivists didn't get to them. Yeah, it wasn't they weren't a hack? Their network wasn't hacked. Okay. But you know that with BlackBerry, all your email goes through Canada. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, that's. Way I understand it, at least the the BlackBerry email that goes through servers, RIM servers. That's why you always hear if RIM servers are down, all these Blackberries didn't have coverage, didn't have right, service, right. because all of that stuff goes through their RIM ser- uh, servers. Do they send it to Canada so that the U.S. government can't monitor it? They could actually. <laughs> that's another interesting thing. Did you know that any data that goes to another country and then comes back from our to our country, we can yeah. spy on other countries. You can't spy on our own citizens in our own country. Oh, it's against so. the law for our government to spy on us without a search warrant. Right, right. But if your data goes to Canada 
and it's and coming it back. coming back. The, the government can spy directly through that channel without am I not surprised? W- without any uh, without it being illegal. Yeah, sure, sure can. Great. So uh, the Twitter feed that I get via email, because you know I get a little right. email bump if I get so then that has all been viewed by the U.S. government. Of well, uh, actually, every tweet is indexed by the Library of Congress. No way. Yes, yes. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) I don't know if secure tweets are, but I know that public tweets are. So I'm going to. Oh, the Library of Congress. (laughs) Yes. So so I'm going to. Here's my. Oh, Oh, there you (laughs) go. go. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Happy tweeting then. I'm going to think of that every single time now. Uh, I bet. Should have took a screenshot. I love it. Wow. Okay. Well, that might make me tweet more provocatively now because I want definitely to have my uh, so, boobs indexed at the House of Le- or the Library of Congress. <laughs> man, Lord knows that'll be a bonus. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. We'll, Meet we'll the girls, looking. Dewey and Decimal, right? Dewey. <laughs> Does anybody even know what that means anymore? I don't think so. Do people go to libraries anymore? I mean, it feels like even I'm bad about it. I, I just download what I want to read or get it at Barnes and Noble or Amazon it or whatever. I never go to the library. But talking about that, let's see. Is there any more to talk about with the Verizon phone? No, I think we're very excited. Okay. Well, since we're talking about iPhones, I got an app for you to Ooh. consider. Talk okay. About, talk about libraries. Yes. Overdrive. It was on the Wall Street Journal this morning. I listened to it. They were talking about it. Imagine, you know how you can you can buy from iTunes and Amazon. You can buy books and you can buy music. Yeah. Imagine if you went to the library and you could put your library book on your pad or your phone or download nice. or an audio book. Yeah. Well, now you can. <laughs> I love it. Overdrive. And Here, it'll work on the iPad, right? Yes. Here's here's the app right there. Okay. And um, it, it allows you to uh, find a library, and I haven't gone through the whole process, but it lets you actually check out a book from the library. What a neat idea. Or, okay. Or, or check out an audio book, even. And I understand some libraries even have videos and music that you can uh, check out. Yes. I don't know how it all works yet, but the technology is coming to portable devices uh, all over the place. So that's very cool. Interesting, and well, keep them competitive to, to all these other digital ways of getting books and information. So, wow, that's awesome. I, I don't know if they like. Let's say the library buys X number of copies, and they can only check out so many copies, and then you have to check it back right. in. Or if they have a way to, like you know, with iTunes, if you rent a movie after twenty four hours when you start to watch it, they can remove it. Right. I wonder if they have that same sort of technology. Maybe that, and that's fine. I, then you go check it out again or whatever, right? That just makes sense. If it's available, sure. Oh. Yeah. Because and why wouldn't it be available? Because there's a queue. Because you put your name in. I want uh, the latest Stephen King book. Well, I'm fifth in line. So that means that it's two weeks for that person, two weeks for the next person, two weeks for the next person. Or they have, you know. But the t- data's going to be there. I mean, just yeah, duplicate the data, right? Yeah, but you got to pay for it. Oh, okay. So the library has to pay for every digital copy. Now, maybe cheaper okay. than a paper copy, but they still got to right. pay for it. They got to pay for it. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. But. Well, uh, this is interesting because I just heard a term the other day by um, a comedian, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Oswalt. 
Okay, right. he's written this. And he coined this term a TWAF, E-T-E-W-A-F. Everything that ever was, always, and forever. Have you heard this? Mm-mm. We're now entering a day and age where everything that ever was is available always and forever. You'll find oh. everything on YouTube, everything in a digital catalog, every tweet at the House or the House of Congress, that Library of Congress, and that we no longer have to, to wonder back or think back or whatever because anything you want, any information you ever need will be just a few clicks away. Okay. But uh, if you want a table topic, I'll throw it out there. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So what do you think about Starbucks's new rebranding? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that one, and I didn't know that they were rebranding. What? You didn't? <laughs> I didn't know this. Is this something new? This is something new. I can't believe you didn't know they were I rebranding. No. They, what are they trying to be? They are trying to put the mermaid more front and center. Oh. You didn't I absolutely did not know this. Okay. Really, I'm going to show you the, the new Starbucks logo. I can pull that up. You haven't seen this, huh? Google it myself. They're, they're actually pulling the word Starbucks off of the logo. And, oh. yeah, and it starts this year. And all you'll see is the, the siren. And it is not a naughty siren. <laughs> Darn it. Although... She has very long hair for She's a got siren. long hair. Yes, for a siren. Yes. I'm going to lay her down in the water. Um, okay. Table topic on the siren. Uh-huh. Um, here, here would be my two minutes on that. Okay. Or a minute and a half. Just that the interesting thing about the new logo is that I wouldn't even have known it was new if you hadn't said anything. The iconic green and white absolutely reads in my brain the same as it did five years ago last year yesterday i didn't notice it um now that you've pointed it out to me i don't even think that i don't have a negative take on it i think it's fine i think it's subtle enough that it's not going to change anything about starbucks and frankly starbucks should change and rebrand their image but i would make it a very abrupt and noticeable change like, I think everybody has in their head the idea that Starbucks is expensive, Starbucks is a little exclusive, it can be a little bit pretentious sometimes. So if I were them, I would want to make changes that average Joes uh, who drink Joe would notice. Maybe by, how about we have a free latte day or uh, reduce prices on certain items after certain times or do something that's going to appeal to the average consumer that takes that, not mystique, but that sort of aura of pretension away from Starbucks. That, that's how I think they're misguided in this very subtle change, which doesn't equate to change in my mind at all. Cool. Very cool. All right, so that is our show for today. I think we had a great uh, show with lots of good topics. When Today we talked about well, of course, the phone, and we talked about the big shooting in Arizona, and then we started off our show with uh, talking about Mary Lou Henner. Is that right? Yes. And and that that memory disorder. Yeah. So. And I I will share share this last little funny thing. Mm-hmm. I found out about that on a website called celebritieswithdiseases.com. <laughs> There's a, a website for everything. There sure is. 
Not unlike our website. That's right. That's it. Check it out. We're posting. Well, for Mr. Snips and Snails, Jed, it's Sugar and Spice Teresa saying we'll talk at you later. All right. Bye. Bye.